When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hour number two, Jeff Kemper, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hello, hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. I, uh, <laughs> I, I did not notice what transpired this weekend as far as uh, Billy Napier goes, P. Simpson, but I saw it during the break that you noted Billy Napier had a quite had quite the weekend. Uh, is this just now a permanent thing that happens every other day in which uh, Ole Miss gets an t- opportunity to troll uh, Florida because it happened again over the weekend with the quarterback, which is hilarious because that's now like all their head coach does over and over and over again. He's good at it. He's not quite Steve Spurrier in reverse when he went to South Carolina and did it to Clemson, but he's getting there. Uh, in general, he's one of, he's a throwback in that he's a character. There's some stuff away from the game that, you know, Lane Kiffin can be really seedy, but we don't have a ton of characters left from head coaches, and he's one of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I I lamented the loss of characters in college football, and you could see it happening. I mean, guys were either retiring, dying, or getting caught up in ignoring child rape. Those guys, those guys were all going the you know, the way of the dodo and I was going to miss that in college for football. But you do have one in lane, not a great guy, not a great guy, but does know how to use the Twitter very very well. Yes, he does. And he's he's good at it even like there are some guys who play the low hanging fruit card and they play to the crowd, the mob. And it works, but it's not smart. Lane can do both. Lane's, Lane can, fun, Lane's funny. Yeah, he's funny. The Tom Petty thing was really good this weekend. I mean, that's really well done. And, of course, we're going to embrace it when it, it involves our rival being trolled to that extent. But it was good. It was good. He did the same thing with the fire emoji during the Florida Spring game. He's just decided, and that's great. <laughs> Florida State, conversely, had a very good weekend, and yet again, Big names bound around these parts. I was asked by Chuck Oliver today, what is it we're doing to entertain them? I said, well, apparently we're taking them out to get after some paintball wars. That video was outstanding. That's the exact course I brought my kids to just a week ago. And it is fun. But I love that the coaching staff took kids out. That was older, that video, but they yeah, release yeah. it now and, you know. I think it's a smart move. Any injuries to report? I didn't. We never got a, some uh, feedback on that. Uh, for me or for Anybody, uh, the, yeah. yeah? No, I uh, I you know I got wore out a couple times. You shoot, one, you the shoot a kid in the lips? 
No, I shot a kid in the chest and I shot a kid in the side. Got another kid in the hamstring. One of the kids was was bleeding after being shot. Uh, it was at close range. Jungle warfare time. We were up close and personal. You can hear, ow! <laughs> which is great. Which is great. It's fun. It's fun. I would do, We should do that as a staff. War Chance should do that. We War Chance paintball? Let's go. I'm in. It's a lot of fun. Have you been out to that course, the, the one no. that's near no. here? I mean, I've seen it now on the Florida State video. It looks large. Well, they have several. You can do urban. You can do jungle or you know, woods. You know, you can do. You can do. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and you go. You get to do all of them. Like you can pick. Like if you have it for say two hours or one hour, you really only need, frankly, about an hour. That sounds about right. Well, it's the adrenaline crash. Also, it's hot yeah. as Hades right now, man. You got to wear a mask and all that stuff too. It's it's tough. You're out there. You're like, ah, oh, I'm sweating up a storm. I, I thought the one that had the bus and the trailers and the burn down st- RVs and stuff, that was cool. You're like in this dystopian burned down city running around buses and stuff. I did shoot my, my son, uh, but it was like a ricochet that got him and he didn't I just, but, but Bryce got me several times. He decided to team up and really get after me. You have the sleeves on the pants. I had, um, I did not have long sleeves on. I did have long. I had jeans on. I did do the jeans because I got. Sh- I did get shot in the thigh, right square in the middle of the thigh, and it still stings. But it wasn't as bad as if I had had shorts. Well, the kid that was bleeding obviously was wearing shorts. Can't be out there wearing shorts, guys. If you're gonna do the paintball wars, Florida State had a good week. I don't know what all they're doing. To, is what I said to Chuck as far as entertaining the kids to come in. Uh, one would think they're having meaningful conversation about the direction the program's going. Well, they go to our friends at District 850 who uh, sponsors the uh, the bowling tournament. I know that they do big events out there from time to time, so that's part of it. But- Paintball, uh, bowling, uh, any of those kinds of events are fun. You know, you can do that. Uh, there's uh, video- Anything video game related is great. Old school arcade. We need a giant old school arcade. Not some piddly half the games don't work nonsense. Not naming any names. We need we need a big let's go here we are this is a real Aladdin's castle type arcade I would I'd probably go to that twice a week Well I mean there are a couple in town I just named one of them they even have axe throwing on top of it so you could you could do that I want the Galagas and the, you know, the centipedes the giant, yeah. and the Donkey Kongs and the I'm saying those kinds of games So you want a retro one Yeah I want yeah well that's when you made video games in mass like that now they're they're too grandiose there's no you know you use up all your tokens in one thing yeah you could play this one it feels like you're riding in a nascar but it's 17 tokens the uh the modern grandiose game that i like the most is the connect four basketball that's fun you ever played that the connect what is it connect four connect four basketball oh i have not played it so everything you gotta i mean it, it, it combines a few things together that I, one you can get hooked on i would get hooked on that i would like it uh, but back to the recruits and what we're doing, we're getting them here. Playing Connect Four basketball. That's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, we're getting them here. We're getting them here. And the the changes that we're seeing are consistent. You know, and now I just want some yeses. I want some name drops. I'm I'm told that is going to happen this week. And I brought that up in the first hour. And since recruiting keeps you know, it's it's the time of year where it's the thing. You got people here, I get it. I just I know, you know, I'm glad we have a Michael Langston. I'm glad we have experts in the field of recruiting. 
A, I don't keep up with it the way that we're supposed to, despite the fact that I understand how important it is. I know these kids' names, and I've seen that they're here. I know that you can have the number one receiver or safety on campus and tied in and all these different guys, and I want all of them. I, you bring me everyone. Yes, yeah, sure, I got that. But I, I, I tend to just take a cursory glance. Are we getting the people that are of the highest quality that seem to be universally designated as such? Are they arriving here on campus? If that's true, then we're going to get our fair share of yeses. Yeah. And even then, the problem is, in the modern landscape of recruiting, the whole game has changed. And you can get the yes, but you can be bought out. And we saw it happen with Travis Hunter. And who knows, maybe Travis Hunter doesn't go on to do a damn thing. He certainly hasn't done anything so far. Uh, and now he's stuck in Colorado, and nobody will ever see him play, and that program sucks, so it's not going to do him any good. He's wasted his time. But what I would I I mean, I, I obviously don't want that to happen again, where you have these huge names and you get all excited and you're invested emotionally, and then boom, somebody decides, well, we want them a little bit more and we're willing to give them a million dollars, two million dollars. Well, good luck. You know, that kid's gonna take that offer, and I get it. So I don't I don't invest in that way. Yeah, but you're correct. You want the relationships to be formed in mass so that when it comes down to the normal amount of attrition in the eleventh hour. Mm -hmm. Because Auburn gets desperate, and they somebody want to pay decided they, that's right. You know, it just as an example, then you will still have enough left of the core that you did good, and maybe you might redistribute uh, some of the things that may have gone towards that prospect that you lost the eleventh hour, and you go get somebody. But the core remains intact, and then from there you have the luxury items. But you need to have relationships of trust, and they gotta like you. And you got to have them in the dozens. I, I also think, Tom, to, and I want to, I guess, reassess and readdress my point about getting burned and not investing emotionally the way that some people still are capable of doing. I, I'm not as capable of doing it because of what happened and because the, of the realization that it just takes one very desperate program to decide we're going we're gonna to make a really uh, full-court press play for this kid and, and, and you're going to lose him. Yeah. Imagine if the Binghamton donor said we need to be good at football. <laughs> But what I what I do understand is, and, and this gets back to why I'm so encouraged in recruiting, is that two things are, are likely to ensure things of that nature don't happen again or as frequently. And that is, A, you're good at football. It was very easy to decommit from Florida State because they still hadn't done anything if you're Travis Hunter. So now I've got a guy wavering all kinds of money uh, and, and filling my head full of lies on the one hand. And then in the other, Florida State hasn't won anything. I mean, I'm not missing out on anything. Like, if you suddenly turn your back on Alabama, I mean, those jokers, generally speaking, are in the college football playoff and winning SEC yeah. titles and playing for something of significance. It gets a little bit more difficult to decide to take this outlandish offer from over here. Yeah, yeah. FOMO, that's true. You know? Yeah. You want to be around all of it. The you, pageantry. Yes. And the pageantry is at its highest when you're winning. It's, it's People think about USC and pageantry. They probably see pictures of Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner and Carson Palmer in their head. Not the also-ran seasons prior to this past one yeah. that they had for the better part of 10 years. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Where coaches were getting fired? Yes. Exactly. It is. It makes it so much more difficult to have something like that happen if you're an elite program. Georgia doesn't have it happen. Alabama doesn't have it happen. A lot of these programs that are kicking ass and taking names are not having it happen. Oh, sure, you get a decommit or somebody will beat you in recruiting, but not in the same way that we saw it happen with Travis Hunter. And then 
the other part about it is I think that once you begin to get these guys on campus, there's no doubt we have praised this coaching staff for their consistency of message and their ability to relate and communicate to these kids and to win people over. So I think that you're able to offset whatever these problems may be. The, you know, obviously, the more frequently you're able to build these relationships now, and you're doing that because you won games and guys show up. Get Mike in front of a man. I do think his passion's infectious. I do think he relates very well to a, to a high school football player because he was one himself, and he's a guy that's not too far removed from understanding what that role is, what the role of football is for a lot of these kids, and because and, he was that guy. I remember making the first trip up to the ACC kickoff after making the move to war chances two years ago now and asking some members on the staff about how is this coaching staff messaging to 2022 recruits and 2023 recruits? Are they, are they setting the bar high? Are they, are they promising eight wins, 10 wins? And really they weren't. I was taken aback because if you think about it, you're in a position of absolute desperation. You're terrible. And you can't communicate with these kids as frequently. You couldn't foster those relationships because of the pandemic. So I'm wondering if they were promising the moon and hoping that they landed on the moon that season in 2021. And they didn't. They said, you know, six to eight wins. That's reasonable. Just watch the improvement. See us improve. A lot of coaches will tell you that all of these great things are about to happen. And that's their pitch is a lie or a wish. I wish this is going to happen. So if we get it right, then the kid's going to come to us and, and you know, we're swinging for the downs. Mike Norvell has always, from what I understand behind the scenes, been very reasonable in what he communicates to recruits about what is possible here. And it was early on about just, we're going to get better. You're going to see the improvements. You watch us work. And watch us work. Mm -hmm. And then last year, it was a little bit more. But they lived up to that. And this year again. But I just enjoy that, knowing that as a fan because we can be fans as well on the side, if you are setting a consistent expectation, a realistic expectation, I like your chances in the long run to win out for some of these battles that come 50-50 because you're not blowing smoke. You're telling somebody the truth. They're more apt to believe you and sign with you if it's 50-50 on signing day because you never exaggerated a thing. I like that. You've got a great NIL situation with the battles in. You've got a coach who's now winning. You have as well thought as as well a thought of assistant coach on a staff as there is in the country, and Alex Atkins. You are trending on the field, as you're noting, in the wins category in the way that you would have to be to get or get the interest, glean the interest of a five star kid to yeah, begin with. To get them to be here in June or July to begin with. Yeah. Now you do it again this year. Now you have another great season. And it's gonna happen more and more and more. And you know, these conversations will change. I, I'm trying my damnedest to enjoy what this year is because I know if this year is fully realized and they win 11 games and they make the college football playoff and they wrestle away uh, the ACC from the grip of Clemson for the first time in a better part of a decade and they're able to reclaim their spot atop this conference and put themselves in the position to be spoken about the way we once were for, for 20 years straight, of being a, a a preeminent power, the way Alabama currently is, right? Once that happens, the way that you anticipate seasons in big games and the conversations centered around them change dramatically. It's not always bad. It's just different. It's just different. Uh, I talked to you. We have had this conversation over the years. Don't let me forget to Rob Manfred on the show today. 
dumbass reveals him dumbassery some more over the weekend. But when we when we watch a regular season in Major League Baseball, it's a very long process. It's 162 games. There's an ebb and flow and feel to that that is very different than the postseason. It's not that the postseason's bad in baseball. It's just very different. And I enjoy both, frankly, equally. I really rather enjoy the regular season. I enjoy this part of the climb. I enjoy this yeah. part yeah. of a return to greatness. I re- I love this stuff when you get to sit back and go, man, it's happening. It's happening all around us. Look at this. It's cool. It's going to continue. Now, there'll be some bumps, and there'll be some highs and lows, but for the most part, Florida State has ascended beyond can we just be decent. Now it's, again, the transition from good to great. Yeah, I think what you can see crystallized in the distance, it's not faded or it's not blurry, is that the offense is in a position now for the next three to four years where it's it's on autopilot. Like You can see on the assembly line, good players coming down the pike. Uh, buried in the depth chart right now, young players who are extremely talented mm-hmm. at all positions. You've got quarterback laid out there in a plan for the next five years, and you've got Mike Norvell. Like The offense is going to be good year after year after year. It'll be tougher next year maybe than any other in the next five because of all that you lose experience-wise, but you've got a lot of talent right behind the players that you're about to watch this fall. It's defense. If you can feel that way about defense in the recruiting ranks, and you look at the 23 class and they close strong, you hit the portal hard again this offseason, and the defense is in a position like the offense is right now, then we're, we are exactly back to those glory days. Very briefly last decade, but then in the late 80s and, and the all of the 90s, where you say, they're just going to be good, really good. It's, a, it's degrees of championship caliber, but they're championship caliber every year. Well... I, I I don't know how close we are to being able to say that about this defensively. I, I know we're there offensively. We are there. I mean, it's it's real. That's that's a thing that is crystallized. This this year, I keep bringing it up, is a, a, a vital, critical season for this defensive staff. And I don't think it's just Adam Fuller. I think this staff in general has a lot of questions to answer. There are several guys on it. That's two fingers to my eyes, two fingers to you. Several. Uh, at least three. Uh, and so we'll we'll go from there. They, they could pass the test. Somebody pointed out last hour when we were having a, a similar conversation or something sort of centered around the idea of expectation that Ron Dugans was given the ultimatum. Now, I'm not saying we were in the room to understand how it was you know, revealed or said or laid out, but quite clearly – he needed to get some yeses. He needed to have some successes. He needed to see guys translate ability to on-the-field production. He needed guys to kind of stand up for him and to play well and to give us a reason to believe that this wasn't going to continue to be an embarrassing collection of receivers. And When you have the worst receiving core in the ACC, it's impossible, no matter how beloved the coach is, not to begin to wonder, should you let a guy go? I mean, it was a reasonable request uh, that it, we see some changes. It's not inside knowledge to say that there was an ultimatum because you, you don't have to be in the room. Most of the coaching staff are getting raises and multi-year and extensions. And he did not get he one at one the time. one year and no raise. Right. I mean, what does that say? It tells you this is it. Make or break. This is the year. And it worked. And thank goodness it did because we were all rooting for him. We want that guy to succeed. Hell, I want almost all coaches to succeed, uh, obviously, on Florida State staff, no matter who they are. 
because they're representing Florida State. So you want to see that success. But there are some guys that are bad guys occasionally that I've come onto the air and said, eh, this guy's got to go. I don't care how good he is. He's got to go. That happens once in a blue moon. But I don't feel that way about anybody right now on this staff. I, I like all the guys. Get along with them fine and, and you know, whatever. But they seem to be good, good enough guys. And then there are guys you're really rooting for. And Ron Dugans was the guy we were really rooting for. And I certainly remember him as a great player. I've always enjoyed interacting with him. And I thought the ability was there. It just wasn't happening. And for whatever reason, you know, it wasn't translating. And so uh, I, I am quick to tell you that I'm, no matter if I like you or not, I, I'll fire your ass. I mean, I'll, or a call for it. Um, and we were at that place with him. Are we there right now with anybody else? No, but I think this collection of fans, uh, the fan base collectively wants to see Adam Fuller prove that that defense can be consistently good. Yeah, and this is this is the one that's hardest. You know, in the offseason, there are a lot of times where we will get stuck on a point or this is the crux, and and I like talking about it. So we get stuck on the point of the offensive. It's pick your poison. That's mm. a fun one. Mm. It's a fun topic. The one on defense that's the toughest for me to wait and see. I just, I want to know now. I'm very much uh, a millennial. Is I want to see what he can do with a good defensive line. He's got one this year. You've got one. So now... What can you do with that? How productive can you be? The metrics loved you last year. We thought a lot of that was smoke and mirrors given the strength of the opponents. But even opponent-adjusted numbers were really healthy for this defense, which is fascinating. But Mm. now that you have a healthy defensive... I mean, it's like top 12, top 15 in in FEI. Yeah, you can go further in those numbers. But also, there is this is one of those times where you and I would agree on something. You watch the games, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the good offenses. They were good enough to good trounce off- bad offenses. And they gave up a ton of points which, against good offenses. Which is something that we haven't done in a long time. And the uh, That yeah, showed improvement, Tom. I'm in agreement with you yeah. there. But you saw any the line offense of scrimmage the got reset. Oklahoma and Florida reset the line of scrimmage. Did whatever they wanted to do, really. Right. So now that you've got, and, and so that can also be an argument for him to say, what do you want me to do? I mean, I didn't have the horses. Which now is why it's do, important. Yes. This is the point because we get stuck you do, on. Because you do. You do yeah. have it now. Yeah. So now you have to produce. This is going to be an easy conversation. It will not involve feelings. This will be the easiest of conversations. As I like to say, either you smoke or get smoked. You now have the tools where which we can tr- move the conversation into that realm. This isn't, ah, I like this guy. Well, you know, he had this and there was this other problem and it was raining that day. No, no, there's none of that now. It's... You have a dominant defensive line, we think, and it's deep. Now, if you did get in your feelings about this topic this season, <laughs> three thick-cut pickle chips and a split-top Oh, bun. my friends at Zaxby's help you, you get over it, baby. You cope. They've been Golden Chief Boosters since Ron Dugans was playing here. 18 years, my man. 18 years they've been Golden Chief Boosters. That's a good thing. Actually, they, they haven't been Golden Sheep Boosters for uh, Ron Dugan's I know. I know. I just, <laughs> it feels 18 years is almost It enough. is a long time. It is a long time. It's amazing how fast Since I was a freshman, they've been Golden yeah. Chief Boosters. There you that's, go. That is a long time. That is a long time ago. Uh, and it's a split top bun there, Tom. That's it. Yeah, split top. Split that top. Those pickles are thick, delicious. Split top bun, just like the sandwich. Thick, delicious. One of 47 locations in town. Find your 47 Zaxby's around town and get after it. Friends of the Jeff Cameron show and diehard supporters of Florida State Athletics. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV.
Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is... um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics. Whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hey, hey, look at that. I think Is Ira here? I think that's Ira right there. All right. That's what I like to hear. And actually, the reason that I do, besides the fact that I love him, is that uh, tonight, tonight, it's he and I. We get to get reunited uh, for the smash. That's right. Monday smash, everybody. 7 o'clock tonight. Right here on Warchant TV, myself and the great Irashfell, Warchant.com, joins me right now. Hello, Ira. How's it going, Jeff? Good, buddy. What do you want to talk about tonight, huh? Oh, there's plenty to talk about, Jeff. We got recruiting stuff. We can talk about recruiting. We can talk about baseball, the new hire for the uh, baseball staff, Micah Posey. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We can talk about uh, some of Luke Cromanhawk's big performance at the Elite 11. There's plenty we can talk about. We can talk about that top 40 list. And how you and I are going to unveil tonight the latest, right? Did you know that? It was you and I going to be the stars of the show tonight, buddy. We get to do, what is it, 21 through 25? Is that right? Yeah. 21 through 25, man. It's very exciting. And then uh, then after that, we'll break down the top 20. We'll have we'll embrace debate. Not just, uh, not us tonight. No. That'll be coming, that'll be coming in the coming days. I got to check here while you're on the air with me. I want to see if you and I, do we have any, uh, do we have any guys tonight that will be re- unveiled that we vehemently disagreed about man i'd have to look i don't i didn't look at the uh but i but i wouldn't be surprised man we had we had plenty of differences we could recap uh some of our differences in the first uh 20 as well um because you've got some uh there's a few guys you know it's funny it's like you see the differences of um you know kind of like the importance level where where people put the importance level and like i think one for example i think you've got um I think you've got Vandravius Jacobs, I think, a lot higher than me, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, um, yeah. And then there's a couple other guys like that. So we can we can uh, break it all down. I think one thing we do agree upon across the board, no matter uh, where you have a guy ranked or I have a guy ranked or Tom or Corey or Aslan or whatever it might be, is that uh, this has been a better exercise, a much better <laughs> exercise the last two years, and in particular this year. I felt like they graduated to a decent place last year, but now you're really – in some areas, you're just straight up loaded, um, and and the oddity, Ira, is that you're kind of loaded in two areas where we didn't think there was any chance they'd be loaded in, and that was you know if, uh, really three areas: tight end, wide receiver, and offensive line. Yeah, man. Especially, uh, I think offensive line's an uh, interesting one. We're about to get into a lot of those guys um, in this top twenty or top twenty-five, and it's going to be tricky to, you know, uh, we're going to be wrong on some of them because they all can't start. Right. You know? and, yeah. And I think, like, like I think in this next group, to give people a, a teaser, there's a couple of offensive linemen in this next group that we're going to talk about tonight 
that, uh, you know, we don't know if they're going to start or not. And they're, but they're, you know, maybe guys have played a lot and started a lot on the college level. Um, but we don't know exactly how that's going to play out this season. They're, you know, the, what are the, I think they've got eight guys that have been longtime starters or, you know, have tons of college experience mm-hmm. in offensive linemen. And like we said, they can all start, but I think they're, they all probably end up in our top 25. Anything about recruiting over the weekend that stands out to you? It seems like Florida State, I was reading Michael's stuff on Warchant.com and going over to the recruiting boards and reading you know, the enthusiasm surrounding the big names that were here over the weekend and they're still here in some cases. I mean, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on anything that really stands out to you about where this is all headed. It looks like it's very, very promising when you look at the visit updates that Michael provided and where we can, and, and Matt as well. Um, I think you see a lot of huge names and it feels like they're going to get some commits here real soon. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going in the right direction. Um, and like you said, they've got a few big-time guys coming this week, uh, K.J. Bolden and, um, you know, Jeremiah Smith. They've some some elite prospects coming. Charles Lester, a five-star cornerback, had his official visit mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. Um, you know, some FSU fans are starting to get a little antsy because Florida had a big splash with yeah. five commitments over the last 24 hours. The, the one thing I would say there, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hater, but, you know, we'll see if those guys stick. <laughs> you know, because... Florida, you know, the over-under total for Florida is five and a half wins. So do we do we know if all those guys are going to stick through a five and seven season? That's something to be determined. So that's why I would, I would encourage people to not panic too much about Florida's recruiting class, which right now is one of the top, you know, two or three in the country because they still have to play the season and then see if whether or not they can keep those guys in the class. It's, the funny, it's funny you bring that up. I had a uh, My father was in town this uh, weekend, Ira. I'm sorry, I just thought I'd share that with you, by the way. I almost sent you a picture right. of you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, well, listen, I, you know what I almost did, but then I thought, well, what if he doesn't take it in the way that it was intended? I, I was going to send you a picture of my father and you hugging. I have a, I have a picture of you two hugging. It would have been hilarious if I went, Happy Father's Day, Ira. <laughs> hey man, it would, it would be nice. It would be nice. I, would, I would never, I would never be mad about uh, getting a happy Father's Day for you or your dad. Well, so here's what was funny. Uh, dad was in town this weekend, and most of our conversations uh, when they when they moved away from family and plans over the summer and all that went straight to football and what we're doing in the fall. And then he started talking to me about recruiting. He started talking to me about different expectations and and all that good stuff. And he was asking uh, over and over again about uh, kind of what, what I think Florida and Miami are going to do and where Florida State's at. And, and I said, listen, Dad, I know you're reading here that Florida's killing it in recruiting right now, but is there any chance that that holds true by the time this thing plays out? Remember what Florida State would do on occasion during the lost decade and later on where they would have a real sense of momentum in recruiting and then another disappointing year would occur, and one by one, those guys would get picked off by those that were waiting in the wings to do exactly what one would do uh, when taking great players away from a, a declining program. Florida feels like that's the direction. Now, it's a desperate time for Billy Napier, but I, I tend to think that, yes, an average season leads to uh, more fruit for Florida State. Yeah, and the, you know, look, there could be some players who see it as an opportunity. Sure, always. Well, yeah. some players will say, oh, you know, well, this, this, they need me, and that's that, – I'm going to play right away. The challenge for them, though, is this, this will be year two. And so now, you know, you can start getting into questions about his job security. You know, is he going to be there a year from now? Is he going to be there two years from now? Now, one thing we haven't seen yet when it comes to recruiting because of the, the new age with the transfer portal is that used to be, pro- that used to be very significant for, for players because 
They didn't want to go sign to a school and then be stuck there. Well, now they realize that they could transfer a year later if they needed to. So maybe that won't be as big of a factor as it has been in the past. But I still think it's a, it's a factor. I mean, again, it's it's no it's no fun to have that committed to this school in your in your Twitter bio if that team's getting beat consistently week to week. So again, you know, it's it's impressive what they're doing right now, and they need to do it. But but we'll see if they can hang on. Because you and I are going to be talking tonight, I won't keep you long today. I'll only say to you, congratulations that I now sit there and note it, that Baltimore is 44-27, and 27, sir. It's a beautiful thing, Jeff. I didn't, didn't love all of that trip to Wrigley Field this weekend. Mm-hmm. Lost, lost two or three, but <clears throat> I got the big games coming up tomorrow and Wednesday. And uh, thanks to Kim and the kids, I'll be down there watching the, the Orioles hopefully hopefully chip into that lead. You know, the other day, the Orioles, I think it was, I don't know if they still do, but a couple days ago, they had the second best record in all of baseball and also the second best record in the AL East. So. Yeah, it's tough when you're trailing the team with the best record in all of baseball. But, yeah, listen, the fact that uh, the Orioles are within five games of a team that sits 51-24 and 24 is uh, <laughs> a testament to how much better that Orioles franchise really is. Brother, I'll talk to you in a couple hours. Well, a few hours, I should say. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yeah, be good. Uh, tonight, seven o'clock. It's more than a few hours. I'm losing losing track of time. It's dark outside. It's always dark outside. It's always about to rain. It has been a time, a dark time here. Every freaking day. Poor. Did you see? I sent you a note before we break here, uh, on uh, on Oppenheimer. No, oh, you sent a note. Well, I sent you. I think I sent you an Instagram message. Oh, an IG. I have to check. I sent you a message, buddy. I don't get notifications on IG messages. But so. you need to go look at that when I send you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just that it said Oppenheimer biographer stunned by Christopher Nolan's film. Like the the guy who wrote the biography is. It was it moved emotionally. It was so good. Oh, I thought he was stunned. He's like, that never happened. Oh, no, no. He thought it was like the best thing he'd ever seen. He didn't bomb the Germans? No, it's incredible. And you and I have been pumped about this. And I and I had a conversation about it, too, so I thought uh, I'd bring it up now. Okay. Here well, we got to go. set four hours aside here to go to go, the theater. Here we go, Christopher Nolan. Here we go. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's jeff camber show 93.3 real talk radio or chant tv so tom did you view did you and i have done this together over the years and sometimes we wholeheartedly agree sometimes based on being able to connect with the personality or whoever it is, and other times not, and other times it's a wait and see. Of all the scenarios that we had going into yesterday and on into last night, I have to tell you the number one scenario on the list that I wanted to happen the least is what happened, which is that of Wyndham Clark winning the U.S. Open. 
And that is not because I have anything against Wyndham Clark, who's played really good golf this year, has ascended into the top 40 in the world, has already won on tour this year. Uh, so he's played well. It's not quite the same as, say, Sean McKeel or some other rando that you go, really? Okay. Bet he never wins again. And we've had these discussions over the years where you're like, okay, I can't believe Like if Mito Pereira had closed it out, we'd have been like, really? Mito Pereira. Okay. But Mito did what guys like Mito should do, which is fail miserably down the stretch. And it happened in such a devastating fashion, he just left the tour. Good, Mito. That seems about right for you. I don't think that'll happen to Wyndham. I think he's a good player. And he showed real chutzpah. Yep. And he developed a lead late, so it allowed him to really wobble, and he really wobbled. He's top five in strokes gained off the tee and putting. Right. Well, and I think the other thing was the thing yesterday that saved his bacon were the chips. The chips were insane. He had two... That saved. He hit two terrible shots to put himself in a horrible position, uh, and he was able to chip his way back into um, you know either saving a bogey or a par, uh, respectively. So that that is really really impressive, and I give him credit. It's still not what I wanted to happen. I either wanted to see uh, finally Ricky cash it in, but it was evident from the beginning that he wasn't going to cash it in on this Sunday, or I wanted Rory to go ahead and win and get his fifth major. And I'm torn on the Rory situation because this was not the same as St. Andrews. Rory hit the ball exceptionally well through the entire round with the exception of one shot. And he actually didn't putt terribly. He just didn't make anything. It was proximity to the hole that killed him and continues to kill him. You can't have loose wedges where you're putting from 25 feet instead of 10. I think, so I really enjoy watching big names take down majors. Like anybody else, Yeah, I do enjoy that. But when you have a first-timer navigating the emotions down the stretch and the margins razor thin, you know, Rory makes par in 18, so he's got to hit that tee ball. If this was any other course, he might have Mito Pereira. That oh, he would have. It was a terrible tee shot. I, mean, <laughs> I have a problem with the course on that problem, by the way. By the way, there was supposed to yeah. be rough over there, and the pros complained during the week, and they pulled that down, and there shouldn't have been. You can't hit it 58 no. feet to the right yeah. and get rewarded for that's, that. That's correct. And he did. But he made so many clutch shots off of tight Bermuda lies, mm-hmm. like that chip on 11, is absurd. Oh, yeah. That's an absurd shot. It is. The grain is growing into him. Your golfers around here know. The grain is growing into him. Is it perfect? Yes, because it's the U.S. Open. The grass is better than we play. But that is so hard to pull off. And he pulled off probably five or six different shots that were impossible to very, very unlikely. And he did so with gusto. And that tells you he's got nerves from a short game perspective. For the most part, he had nerves off of the tee. And he's a good putter. I, I just like watching the guys navigate their own doubts and fears, overcoming it. He's got a 60-footer. That's not a gimme two putt. Oh, no, no, that's and as good a lag as you'll ever speed. see. Yeah, it is perfect. perfect speed. Yeah, no, it's an amazing lag. And after all the commotion behind him and everything else, yeah, it's uh, and it was Rory cool. wasn't robbed after taking it. Rory had a game plan that was controlled and conservative, and he executed it nearly flawlessly. Rory, he really did, yeah. There is, there's a deviation in the style of Rory's playing now, and I think that, that makes him live for majors in Okay, the, the so next we're in five. agreement. This happened. I can't believe it. I actually said, I wonder if Tom looks at this as another failed opportunity or, oh, wait, this is different. 
I think no. it's different. I think he's about to win. I, yes, it is different because guys will fall, throw up all over themselves and he'll win. Wyndham Clark did not. This he did not. Tiger won a lot of majors because with people couldn't come get him. Yeah, and because it's a one or two shot margin on Sunday, they may even catch him and tie him, but then they just vomit everywhere uncontrollably. And it's he did also, not. It's also not a bad bet. Correct on Correct. a U.S. Open course where greens and regulation has been key, and he led the field in greens and regulation. Did Rory? Yeah. If you are if you are that kind of conservative in the sense that it's a, it's a U.S. Open, you can put up a big number in a hurry if you're not careful. Knowing that and knowing that this guy's never won anything of this magnitude, all right, I'm going to stay, you know, steady wins the race. I'm just going to continue to hit greens, and we'll see, and he'll implode. And he nearly did, but then he righted himself, and you got to give him a ton of credit. I agree with you. A couple of things happened. Um, the first thing I'll say is the early coverage yesterday this guy nailed it, I thought. He said, I, I think a little bit of, of what made Rory Rory, Brooks has adopted. Right. And yeah. I think Brooks yeah. has done the opposite. So Brooks is more vulnerable, which is what Rory has been for a long time. It also benefits Brooks in the in the public eye when he's that way. Right. It started with Netflix, but his interviews have been multifaceted mm -hmm. and, and multiple. They used to just be one way, and it was, it was short. Always hurt, bro. Yeah. And bro. And now there's a little bit more depth to it. And that's been good for Brooks. And then Rory has got a bit more of a mean streak in him. Well, because he's been burned. Because he's been burned. So that means that Rory is not spending any uh, any time on anything else other than golf. Golf. And what he said this weekend was, I look back at when I won earlier in my career, I, I couldn't believe how conservative I was. I couldn't believe how controlled I was. I didn't think I was ever like that. And he clearly took that lesson that he watched on YouTube clips, applied it to yesterday beautifully. I huh. thought he applied it. You make a couple of those putts. If the wedge is 10 yards longer, you you win by two, three shots. You know, It's just all these little moments that didn't go his way because Wyndham Clark was strong enough to finish the job. Yeah. Nobody else was. No, that no, golf no, they were course all falling was brutally difficult this weekend, and Rory handled it very well. Yeah, uh, it's fascinating. Okay, we took the same thing away. I agree. I will say there will be a time and a place for that, though. He should have been more aggressive at St. Andrews because Cam Smith is not scared ever, and he wasn't scared again yesterday. You have a freedom when you're playing from way behind, but he also is the only guy making putts consistently in the center of the cup from impossible angles on the regular, including slippery left to right putts. Cam Smith backdoor top five, and John Rahm slid in with a top 10. A top 10 because Dustin Johnson missed a 10 footer on 18. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so th did you see <laughs> the guys on No Laying Up call it Stolen Valor, and that is my favorite. Here comes Patrick Cayley with a stolen ballot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't quite get there to the top ten. That's the best but ever. I'm telling you, as this thing is coming down the stretch, on the television is, of course, the finish. Oh, yeah. But on my laptop are three tabs with shot casters for Xander Shoffley, Harris English, and Dustin Johnson because I need two of them to tank. Well, Two of them to finish at three Xander under. obliged. Xander obliged by missing a four-and-a-half-footer on 18. I'm also done with Xander in these things. I, I, I'm i right to tell you he's going to make every cut in these majors, and he's going to be in contention for a while, and he's going to do what he did again. I got yeah, a, I'm done with him. I'm I got a him. bonus because Tom Kim doubled 17. I thought, oh, there's a freebie. He birdies 18 of course he by did. nearly holing out from the fairway. So it comes down to the penultimate group and DJ 10 feet away, win or lose. Down the heart. And he missed. Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about the long Not putty. The no, the 30-footer, uh, I'm going, you got to be effing kidding me because yeah. now it's back. So Rom gets a tied 10, payday. Yeah, I, I had, uh, in my other pool, I had Rom, so that was very helpful as, as well. Could have done without Ricky just puking all over himself in one of the other pools, but 
kind of felt bad for Rick. He's had a great year, and it's it clearly done with. Yeah, but I mean, he it's just right from the jump. The red flag before Sunday was how many bogeys he made. He was leading yeah, the field was, in birdies, but if you're of, yeah, if was, you're not far and away in first, leading the field in birdies, then something's wrong. Yeah, like, feast or famine. It was a feast yeah. or famine. He either birdied or bogey. Yeah, there was not a lot of pars strung together. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was struggling with that. Let's do some probable, shall we? Let's get two. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Thanks to our friends at Power Mill. Camps all summer long for your little guy or gal. Softball, baseball, you want them to have the skills necessary to uh, play and have fun, but also be their best. They do it at Power Mill, powermillsports.com. Cardinals, Nationals, Jack Flaherty, Josiah Gray, Royals, Tigers, Jordan Lyles, Reese Olsen, Blue Jays, Marlins, Jose Barrios, Brian Hoyne. Cubs, Pirates renewing uh, pleasantries after the Cubs swept us. Get it together, Pittsburgh. Drew Smiley as Zvaldo Bido. Rockies, Reds, Austin Gomber, Brandon Williamson, Red Sox, Twins, James Paxton, Pablo Lopez. Mets, Strohs. Ooh. Mets don't want to be playing the Strohs right now. No, they just got swept. Yikes. Scherzer's on the hill. That's why you pay him. Hunter Brown goes for the Astros. <laughs> I don't know. Rangers, White Sox, Andrew Haney, TBD, D-backs, Brewers, Merrill Kelly, Corbin Burns, Padres, Giants, Michael Walker, Ryan Walker, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Tonight, Warchant TV, 7 p.m. Good times. Uh, it'll be me and Ira, and it'll be the Monday Smash. It'll be it'll be good. It'll be tasty. Should be fun. Uh, I'm gonna have some cold beers tonight. I, I kept it cool over the weekend. I'll have some icy cold ones tonight joining Ira. You've got, uh, yeah, 21 through 25. There's a couple of O-linemen on there. Ira teased it correctly. A couple of O-linemen make the list. I can't believe how many of them um, have been on the list for, uh, the like, the top 25. When you look, it's littered. It's littered. A lot of O-linemen. And there should one, be. Right? We haven't had, in the entire time we've been doing the top 40 list, this many offensive linemen. Good work. Good, uh, good work, if I could speak. Boy, Monday was tough. Monday's been tough. It's gloomy today. Just I don't there know. There were four trees down in my neighborhood. It's been a rough, rough couple of days with the storm. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a new gutter for me. Soon, I have to put up that I'm not looking forward to. It all happens at gutters. once. Though. Yeah, good old gutters. Good work out of you. My thanks to all of you. Be well, everybody. Peace. <laughs>